Hello, and welcome to the Aaron Evans Podcast. This podcast is devoted to people who want to love, listen, and live a little better. I'll be sharing my musings as a life coach, a mother, a yogi, an entrepreneur. And I'll be interviewing some of the most inspiring people that I know that are leaving the world a little better than how they found it. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast. If you want to stay in touch, you can follow me on Instagram at Aaron underscore Evans. Buckle up. Thank you for tuning in. Hello, I have missed you. I apologize for being MIA. I've just been so busy attending fashion shows and outdoor music festivals. I went to a couple weddings. I met a friend in France. Life has been really full, to say the least. No, that's not the truth. What has actually happened is I've been feeling really uninspired and kind of victim mentality. The good news is I fought my way out of my little hole and I'm here to share something that is hot on my fingertips and in the lives of some of the people that I really admire. And today's topic is power pedestals, and piña coladas. If you like piña coladas, get caught in the rain. Okay, the ending needs work, but I couldn't think of another P word that was appropriate and matched what I was going to talk about today. So power. Power is the ability to act or produce an effect uh, or control and influence other people. Power is sexy. Power makes us feel safe. Someone is in control. Power is different than force because force is to push to get what one wants and power is more natural. Power is about mastery. It is about an internally focused orientation of success. It's less performance-based and it's more on a a person's particular appetite for becoming excellent at what it is they do. There is social power, financial power, the power of beauty, the power of charisma. And when we see a person or a system that feels powerful, A part of us wants to be near that power, to feel that power. I heard Oprah say, give someone power and you'll see their true colors. So power is an interesting thing when it's in the hands of someone who can handle it. But when it comes down to it in terms of systems and pedestals, at the end of the day, we're all just human. Growing up, I had a girlfriend that had an elevator in her house. And I remember being so happy to go to her house. She also had a pool in her house. And sometimes I'd get envious and jealous and be like, well, I have a rope swing on my tree. Anyway, so power shows up in many different ways. And another word for power is authority, a gift, a virtue, command, to master, to hold. 
And then the opposite of power would be lack, weakness, disability, failing, inefficiency. Power is such an interesting thing, and it's the dance between two people. It is the dance between uh, the public and the media. And it's a dance that's always at play. And you think about that definition, the ability to produce an effect over other people, to influence them. Such a good song. Power. Power plays a role in our lives in a very subconscious way, as well as consciously. When a person, place, or thing has a perceived value to it, it is alluring or prestigious, unique, we are drawn to it, and we want some of it. We want to be near to it. We want to be close to the energy that is power. So a person or a system or a business that is in power, we will often place them, it, on a pedestal and idealize them. We would place uh, that person, that, that business, that thing above ourselves in terms of importance. And it's like a, a fantasy. It is this expectation of them to be something that is not human, something that is made up in our own minds as this magical being that is everything, a pinnacle. So an idol is an image or a representation of God um, or a deity, and it's used as an object of worship. In spirituality, there is a belief that within us, is the highest God. The part of us that is present during a meditation or a yoga practice that isn't judging, that isn't competitive, that is all pervasive, ever present, never changing. When I put my hopes, my dreams, my aspirations in another person, a system, I'm putting it above me and I'm actually taking the onus off myself to be empowered, to stand up firm in my beliefs, to show up and do my work. So this is the same concept of putting somebody on a pedestal. And I fell from the pedestal right down the rabbit hole. Long story short, it was a bad time. That idea of a guru. Um, it, it happens in many different relationships. We see it in lovers, romantic settings. They could do no wrong. It shows up in our teachers. We often uh, fall deeply in love with them or their message. We think they are God. Could happen with a therapist. And we can fall in love with systems. So the reason why this is so top of mind for me is a friend of mine was running a retreat and this woman approached him after and said, in tears, you've changed my life. That was the best week that I have ever been alive. And he took it and he said that that wasn't me. It was all you. I'm glad I could provide the space for you to feel that way. And in that moment, he inevitably started to ponder the concept of the pedestal. What goes up, 
for the record, that was Tom Petty, but it was actually Isaac Newton that coined that phrase, and he was referring to gravity. What happened to my friend in that moment was exactly what happens when somebody is on a pedestal. There is pressure, expectation, idolization, and this is unrealistic expectations and one will inevitably fall when another holds them at at such a high standard. So there's two things happening here. There's two dynamics to look at. We have the devotee, the student, the person that sits at the feet to learn from the master. And then we have the master or the person that we've put on the pedestal. So from the perspective of the devotee, the student, the student is receptive and available and oftentimes blinded, taking in everything that the person on the pedestal says as the word of God, let's say. And so that is almost as though we've handed over our personal power torch. We no longer need to think or study or research or contemplate because we're blinded by the person that sits in front of us. On the opposite side, the master, the teacher, feels a lot of pressure. That's a lot to live up to. The other thing to consider is that person that sits, let's say they're your therapist, they wear a lot of different hats. They may be a mother or a father, a teacher, they might sit on a couple boards, and they might love whiskey. So because we're wearing so many different hats, we are in so many different playing fields, how someone acts in one particular area is not necessarily how they are in every area. And I'm not talking about uh, scams and sexual abuse. I'm talking about the fact that people are allowed to be different in different situations. What's required of me as a mother is very different than what is required of me when I stand up in front of a group of people. My son wants me to be playful and spontaneous and unprepared. The people that I'm standing in front of speaking need me to be prepared and assertive and organized. I went to Indonesia for a month and a half of yoga. And I was probably five years into my yoga journey at that point. And I was taking this retreat and I stumbled upon this teacher who was not part of the retreat who floored me. Her kinesthetic awareness was insane. Her words were like poetry. The way her body moved, uh, there was this sense of ease and grace within her. And I remember I would sneak away from the retreat center because she offered classes off-site and I would skip out on my retreat so I could follow this teacher. I both loved her, wanted to be her, and wanted to be near her. You know, I just wanted something of what this woman had because she was an embodiment of, of where I wanted to go with my practice and my teachings. So I, I would continue to go and see this girl in her home where she led these Mysore classes. It would take me two hours to get to her house and I would act all cool like, oh, no big deal. 
I had to wake up at four to get there. Um, and I and I just adored her. I, I thought about her a lot. Um, I remember I would I would read a great book and I would then want to gift her that book and I wanted her to see me. And in the same breath, I didn't want to stumble on my words or look like a fool. I ended up going to a different area of the country to finish off the the other training that I was taking. And I happened to meet up with that girl. I randomly ran into her at a festival. And she was like googly-eyed drunk, I think. And at one point, she walked past me, looked right at me, and, and didn't even recognize my face. And in that moment, my, my stomach dropped, my heart dropped, my faith dropped. And I thought, I don't believe in yoga. You know, she's a phony. She's a fraud. I thought she was yoga. And here she is having fun. How dare she? So do you see what happened to me in that moment? I placed faith on a person. She never told me she didn't drink or ever have fun. And why shouldn't she have the ability to go out and have a little fun with her friends? Uh, Danielle Laporte says, get your halo dirty. My point, I do not go to a banker and ask about my downward dog. Like, hey, Stephen, I'm just curious. Like, you helped me with my RESPs. I'm just wondering about my down dog. So when we have teachers and therapists and lovers, let them work in their field of mastery and take that for what it is. Be that they're really great at yoga or they're a phenomenal uh, artist, whatever their field of mastery is, a musician, enjoy that. But to put someone on a pedestal is to say, you can't fall, you can't err, don't be human or messy because that's not consistent with my views of God and you. So I think that when we, we idolize systems or people, they inevitably fall from the pressure. Whether that is like my friend who ran that retreat and that woman uh, subconsciously put that pressure on him like he was responsible for her healing and waking up. On the other side of it, for those of you that are in positions of power, or even relationships for that matter, because it can get like a fantasy, a dream of what you, you hope this person will live up to. Esther Perel, the Belgian psychotherapist who studies relationship and love, says that our error in relationships is that we want our partner to be everything our fantasy, our best friend, our partner in crime to intellectually stimulate us and support us and love what we love. But that's impossible. A person cannot be everything. You are only responsible to yourself. And your life, your karma is your own. You can be a healer and you could also have a couple drinks. You can be many things and you are permitted to always change your mind. When I follow another person, I tend to follow blindly. 
meaning I throw all the questions out the window and they have the answers. But again, what I'm doing is putting the keys to my universe in someone else's hands. So for those of us that sit in positions of power, enjoy your field of mastery. You have a pull, you have an aesthetic that people are drawn to for good reason. And don't let the expectations of others make it feel like a prison. Be you. For those of you that are students sitting at the feet of the greats, enjoy it. You know, bask in their studies. They've walked the paths. They've trudged through the muck and the dirt, and they have some answers for you. But they are not your God. They are not more important than you. I asked a friend who I hugely admire about putting people on pedestals, including your, your romantic partner. And I said, what do you suggest? And he just looked at me and said, don't. Life is fleeting, so let's enjoy it. Less judgment, more fun. If you liked what you heard, be sure to rate and subscribe to this podcast. As always, I love you and thank you for your attention and time.